Church, if you would please open to 2 Timothy chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 5 to frame our time encouraging God's purposes in us, in our calling. Last week we were encouraging the, the dads among us in our calling as fathers. Today, I hope to encourage the moms among us. A little different than a Mother's Day message, because Mother's Day, it's just all, keep going. Today, a little deeper. Dig dig a little deeper in uh, making sure that in our encouragement to moms, there there is faith for the refining that happens within motherhood. 2 Timothy 1 Verse 5, I'm reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and now I am sure dwells in you as well. Lord, I pray for this type of legacy to be reality with the families in our church, every mother represented, every grandmother represented. Father, mostly I pray that you would hear their cries to capture the hearts of their children. Please, for your glory, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. We all know faithful women of God who have passed on the gospel to their children who have then passed it on to their children. At a moment when when Paul needed to encourage Timothy in his calling, he reminds him of the faithful witness of his mother and grandmother. Now, if Timothy grew up in New Orleans, his grandmother would be Lois, just so you know the correct, correct pronunciation there. But he reminds Timothy of the witness of his mother and his grandmother We call this leaving a legacy in families. And moms, I hope to remind you today of your calling as mothers so your faith will be unwavering in the glory and power of God so Jesus will have a ripple effect in your family that will last, God willing, generations. Amen? Generations down line. Maybe you are participating in that generational passing of the gospel. We hope that it will continue further on. Now the call to motherhood is high. It is a high calling and it is a holy calling. But the call to motherhood is hard. Motherhood is often underappreciated, undervalued. And motherhood is Unrelenting bouts of sacrifice without the guarantee of any fruitfulness. That's what becomes a characterization of motherhood. Motherhood can be lonely. I've seen it, and I've heard of other mothers who feel dislodged from life when they sacrifice over and over for their little ones. Motherhood is burdensome. I think this with varying degrees depending on the ages of your kids. 
Because moms, you always hold your kids in your heart. So what's so high and holy about it? If, it's, if this is hard and burdensome, capture this. There is no other relationship on earth as strong as a mother and her child. No other relationship on this earth as strong as a mother, uh, her love and her desire and her passion for her child. And that's by God's design. God has called moms to demonstrate the unbreakable bond of love that God has for Jesus. And we see that in moms. And, and for all, we, we, it's the unbreakable bond of love for God that he has for Jesus. And then that God has for all of his children that he saves and joins with him in a faith family. When coupled with the example of a godly father's example of of. God's powerful sufficiency, a mother's tender love models God's steadfast love. Uh, Moms, this is why your kids, especially when they're teens, they'll confess to you before they'll confess to their dad that they've done something wrong because they feel it. They feel your love. They feel that steadfast love because they know they have your acceptance. Now, a word to single moms and mothers uh, with unbelieving husbands. I would say this. Timothy's mom, Eunice, had an unbelieving husband. We learn that from the book of Acts, that uh, her, her, his father was a Greek, but Eunice was a believer. And God used her in her circumstance as it was to raise a very faithful man. So single moms, moms with unbelieving husbands, where your godly desire is unmet, God's grace powerfully supplies. Now, our our caption thought for today, the call to motherhood is the highly esteemed mission of capturing children's hearts for faith and enduring hope in Christ. But first, I think, well, one, we'll talk about the measure of motherhood, uh, then the, I forgot the second point, Sorry. The mission, oh, that's a good one. (laughs) The measure of motherhood, the mission of motherhood, and the might of motherhood. Now, the measure of motherhood is in finding worth. What tool are we going to use to find worth as moms? We live in a culture that is increasingly viewing children as an intrusion to fulfilling lifelong plans. Children are becoming less and less viewed as the reward of God that Psalm 127 verse 3 promises. It's from God. He gives the reward. But children are more like the interruption in the journey of adventure and advancement. Therefore, women are waiting longer to have children. They're waiting longer maybe till they feel like they're established securely in a career or waiting longer, and, and actually there's some studies out there now that uh, the population of the, the United States specifically is, going to, is not increasing as previous generations because more and more women are deciding just to not have kids. And this decision to not have child, uh, children uh, might be in agreement with a husband and wife or with the uh, the choosing of an abortion, to say, nope, I don't want a baby right now because it'll get in the way. It's an intrusion. And motherhood, in, in culturally speaking, motherhood has been dislodged from the meaning of womanhood. And it's not intertwined within the definition of a successful life for a woman. 
Culture sees success as individual achievement. So if children help you achieve your goals, great, have them. But if they don't, then maybe not have them or find the right person to raise them for you. And furthermore, being a homemaker, a stay-at-home mom, is viewed with confusion in our culture. There can be a bit of disdain that stay-at-home moms feel because uh, people are meeting you thinking you've given up on your life, you've given up on your career, you've given up on your individuality by staying at home with your kids. And uh, it's also met, I think, with awe because some, some moms think if I stayed home with my children, uh, it would be a bloodbath. It would not be good. The unruliness of my kids, we would go crazy. So the culture doesn't know. It's confused. And I do think that Christians, sometimes in trying to normalize staying at home, highlight the wrong things. They want to highlight the intentionality of moms with children, but it sometimes doesn't help with a definition of successful motherhood because I think sometimes Christian moms put a picture out there for the world that's unattainable. And we see this in social media with the insta-perfect life. When, when it's, I, I, my children don't sit obediently to take a picture first day of school. And you, you watching all these pictures, you're scrolling through, they're obedient, they're obedient, they're obedient too. They're not, I wish they put on there, I wish a mom would be bold enough to put on there, this was attempt 57, at trying to get everybody to cooperate so we could take a great, a great picture, but on attempt 57, we finally made it look like it was one attempt. But there, there's this weird thing that gets sewn in the expectation level that that's unattainable. I can't do that. I don't go on adventures. I'm a bad mom. I don't bake cakes all the time and post them. I'm a bad mom. I, I don't have crafts all the time for my kids. I'm a bad mom. No, no. I think with the measure that we're using sometimes is inconsistent. It's not what God wants us to measure with. Or, I would say, uh, something that's unattainable that the church presents is the stereotypical, stereotypical homeschool family where all the kids look alike, dress alike. <laughs> Some people look at that and go, I don't want that, ever. I'm not sure why that would be something I would want. In my, but they think in order to, to be at home with my kids, they've got to have that type of result. So this is what happens. The measure of motherhood becomes more about what's fruitful in my life. That's the wrong measure because God doesn't use that. We use that of one another. That's why we seek praise from men. If I'm more fruitful, then I will get the praise of other moms. Oh, that's just so great. Oh, you have all those crafts? Oh, how did you make that? Okay, and you're acting like you're going to do it, but you go home, you know, I hate her because she's a better mom than me. This stirs up more things. There is immeasurable worth in a mom being a full-time homemaker in fulfilling the calling of motherhood. A full-time mom at home requires sacrifices. The hard sacrifices of financial comfort, financial breathability. And I'd say this, Kathy and I have sought 
um, we've sought to hold in high regard her staying home with our kids. Now, I would say it like this. Moms who are at home when their kids are at home. And the sacrifices that Kathy and I have made over the years to ensure she's home with our children when they are home have borne immeasurable fruit. First, I believe, in their faith in the Lord. But what we get to now experience is their friendship with one another. This included 12 years of homeschooling that were always geared to take the time to capture hearts in our homes. We took homeschooling year by year, just asking the Lord, what's the best approach to capture the hearts of our kids? And there came a time where it was, we have to remove some of the strife by putting them in school to be able to free up hearts that engage with mom better because the teacher relationship with kids wasn't capturing hearts. We had to remove that in order to have mom be there in order to capture hearts. And being home with your kids is part of the high and holy calling of mothers. Now, I don't want to lay condemnation on moms that work. But I do think we need to give the Lord opportunity to operate with conviction. If there's a pursuit that a mother has that's taking her attention away from capturing the hearts of her kids, that's the issue. Now, to to hopefully provide some discernment and clarification for moms, and I would say out-of-the-home work, because moms always have in-home work. First, it is not a sin for moms to work outside of the home or to have a job requiring your attention, even if it's in the home for the majority of the week. That's not a sin. Working may be necessary for financial stability. When that happens, that doesn't mean we work to have all we want. But there are times when moms need to work to provide the needs of the home. But again, especially in our affluent society, we look after what we want life to be and we sacrifice time with kids in order to make sure mom and dad are fulfilling, making the right money to have the desired, that we, the desired life that we want. We don't want to be driven by finances. We want to make sure that work is necessary to meet needs, not desires. Single moms need to work. That's a grace gift from God in your calling as a mom. Now, working can be part of fulfilling your calling as a mom for a season, for longer, but that should not detract you from your primary calling to nurture your children while they're in your home. Your call to be a mom is higher and holier than any success a job will bring you, any acclaim or praise that a job will bring you. In situations where fathers are at home because the mother has a better job or maybe she just has Uh, better abilities in that way, different circumstances. Listen, fathers who stay at home don't all of a sudden switch roles with the mom. They become the nurturer, she becomes the provider. Nope. No, the task is the father still needs to lead with the the godly calling of providing the, the dad in the home, leading in instruction, leading in making sure the home is going toward God. Just means the mom comes home And our work's never over. Of course, moms, you're at home. Your work's never over. You keep on working. But here, 
Your call to be a mom is higher and holier than any success or praise a job will bring you. The children need both husbands, dads, and moms to walk in their roles to fulfill what God wants them. God, uh, dads who resemble a powerful sufficiency in Christ and moms who, who have that steadfast love for the child. Now what we want to do is say, Lord, I have open hands. I know a lot of moms desire to be at home full time. Many have told me that. And things just aren't working out like you'd want. But maybe it's just you have to still incorporate it in your prayers. God, what is the best way to capture the hearts of my children? Because that's what I want. We ask God for discernment to, to ensure we're fulfilling calls, uh, the call to be a mom. Now this is also a call not to be drawn away from your children through friendships. Seen moms have so much friendship and girlfriends and girl trips and girl time. That needs to be put on the plate too to say, Lord, are my friendships distracting me? Are they causing a neglect for me to capture the hearts of my children? Having a job will oftentimes give you the satisfaction of fruitfulness when you're not getting it from your kids. So sometimes moms will say, I feel like nothing in my life. I need to go have something I can put my hand to where I feel affirmed and I feel accepted or I feel productive. But God says to you, when you lay down your life for your children, see, moms... You will lose your identity by raising your children. You will. But what they will see in you is a woman of faith who says, it's not my will, it's God's that I want to be done. When, we lose, when you lose your identity in serving and sacrificing and suffering for your children, that's when Jesus' identity shows up. That's when your identity as a daughter of God shows up in the lives of your children where they see a model of steadfast love and a co-heir with Christ who is saying, I live for the kingdom. Follow me as I live for the kingdom. Now where moms tend to key in on fruitfulness as the measure of mothering, God measures mothering by faithfulness. When we are fighting that fruitfulness, this looks like fighting discouragement when others' kids are more obedient and more polite than yours are. Fruitfulness is something we should hold out as a godly standard for our, our children, the lives of our children, but that is not to be the barometer of how great a mother you are. Because God's looking at your life and he's saying, are you faithful to me? Are you a faithful witness in your home? Are you faithful in your love toward me and your embrace of me in your life? Remember the parable of the talents? The servants were not commended for what they reproduced. They weren't commended for the talents that they brought back. They were commended for their faith in their master. They knew the character of their master. 
And when he said, well done, good and faithful servant, he understood not everybody brought a hundred talents back. No, some brought this and some brought this. He, He wasn't rewarding the fruitfulness that came back. He was rewarding their faithfulness. That's what is held out for you as well. You are called to be faithful and to respond to the character of your master, Jesus himself, not the fruit that's produced for him, where a lot of times your attention wants to be drawn. Moms, your children need you to obey God because of his character and his love for you so they can see that obedience to God brings about the reward of God. Obedience brings about the reward. And what's the reward? More of God. More of the experience of his great now, grace. Now, please don't be pharisaical in your faithfulness. See, because the, the Pharisees thought they were very faithful, but yet they were, they were immersed in extracting fruitfulness from people by following rules. But when we only look at rules, it has the hardening effect in our children's lives where they don't want to follow a God that's all about rules. Now, I would put this before you as well. Um, chasing an image of motherhood seems to be out there. And when you chase an image of what other people are doing and, and a perceived effect that they're having over the lives of their children, this is where just uh, you being a woman and the temptation to manipulate and, and grab on to control the situation, you can slip into control mode over your children by making behavior the key to reward. But that reward is usually just other, other moms saying, wow, you're a great mom. Make sure you're not manipulating behavior in your children that's empty of gospel power. When you look at your children, you want to see Jesus, not yourself. Be sure of this. Oh, first, when, when, you, when you are tempted to see yourself in the image of yourself in your children rather than Jesus, you will guaranteed go into self-righteous mode where you're actually, you're not contending for being better than somebody else. You're actually looking at your children and you're saying, I'm better than you. And it usually sounds like this. How could you do this to me? How could you, I, after everything that I've done for you, how could you do this to me? That's self-righteousness that looks for a reward coming because I want to feel better about myself. Please, moms, don't fight for your image in your kids. Let Jesus shine through. As you empty yourself, just like Jesus did when he came to this earth, you empty yourself of, of your identity, of the image that you think perfect motherhood is. You empty yourselves of that in order to see Jesus, and your children will see Jesus in you. Now, what's your mission? Second point, the mission of motherhood. Your home is your mission field. Please don't don't fall for the temptation that real mission happens in another field. When the kids are uh, either at school or when the kids are out of the house. That's when you get to real ministry. That's, That's a way for the enemy to come in and dilute the effect of the gospel. It it is not as powerful. Your home is the place where you invest your time and your energy. energy. Just like our our dear friends, the Jay family, that are heading out to the mission field, they'll be in in about a month. 
is really great. We get to hug on them. It's going to be wonderful. But look, we know they're investing. They're investing time in order to speak a language. And they're going to invest time for the gospel. They're going to go there, and things aren't going to happen real fast. Hudson Taylor uh, was a missionary to India in the 1700s. It took him six years to get a convert. Six years. Then uh, another one, John Patton, is in the South Pacific on an island. Four years on an island, no fruitfulness. Nobody prayed to receive Christ. See, he actually, he was chased off the island because they said they wanted to kill him and eat him. So he left and went to another island. They responded there. But four years, and you can look at the fruitlessness and be so discouraged. But God is measuring your motherhood with the faithfulness that you are, with the mission field that you have right in front of you. Your home is the place where you invest your time and learn languages of your children. That's why when you're with your two-year-old and three-year-old and somebody else comes over for dinner and and your two- or three-year-old says something to them, they get a look on their face like this. What what did he say? I have no idea. You learn the language of your children. But here's what you do. And, and as they grow older, and even in the teen years, you learn their language in order not to, to be their buddy-buddy. Their There's an aspect of friendship that we want to achieve in motherhood. But this is why you learn their language, so you can contextualize the gospel for every situation that they're facing. Every single one. I have to ask my kids all the time, what does that mean? Why are you saying that? What does that mean? I'm officially old, because I have no idea what they're talking about. But we have to ask, what is it? What's that song? You're singing that song. Why? What, tell me what's happening. As they sing the Hamilton songs, we do have to contextualize that. I, I, give, I give input. I give commentary when they're singing the songs. I know you're singing that, but we'll be watching shows. And, and, and particularly the shows that want to denigrate the role of a father or parents in order to highlight the individuality of a child, we say, hey, that's not what God had in mind. And what the, you're seeing what the culture is thinking, but the culture is actually, be careful in how you view this because the culture wants to convince you of something right now that you need to be on guard against. Moms, be winsome and bringing the gospel to bear in ways that your children will see Jesus at every turn. So I think the mission can be expressed in two ways. First, it's lily pads. When your children are young, you are that nurturer. You are the sacrifice for them. You suffer for them in the middle of the night to capture the heart so they know Jesus. They teach You teach them of your love because they will know God's love through it. Teach them of your love. They're lily pads. When they're hurt, you, you are the comfort for them. When they're, uh, uh, they're hurt by either words or skinned knee, you are the comfort for them. You are that peace for them. But listen, the lily pad is not the only pad of motherhood because that lily pad gets switched out for a launching pad. See, we know your children may be out of the house. You could still be a lily pad for them. And that might not be appropriate care. They might not have the appropriateness that they they need for their lives in order for them to know your life matters more than me coming and meeting your needs. Because we know 20-somethings and 30-somethings that still look to mom to meet their needs. And it's an immaturity that is, is awful. 
I want to tell those people, act your age. Be responsible. There are times you want to go to your parents and say, I have no idea what to do. That's good. But when it's bailout after bailout after bailout, that's not the gospel. We come to him weak so he can be our strength. But if our kids are still coming to us and not going to God, we have not launched them well. We need to launch them. There is a purpose. There is a destiny for them to live out on this earth that Paul encouraged Timothy, and it's in sincere faith. He's telling Timothy, Paul's saying, there's a sincere faith in you. It's true. And I know where you got it from. You got it from your mama and your grandmother. That's where you got it from. Now picture, you've heard me tell the story, just picking apart sincere faith. Sincere is, it's a, Two, it's a compound word from two Latin words that mean without wax. So a faith that is without wax means this. Back in the Renaissance time, when sculptures were being made and they would take a huge piece of marble and set it there and begin chiseling away, whenever there was a, a, a chisel that didn't go right, it took off more of the, the, the statue that was being molded off, more than the artist wanted it to, that actually put wax on it and paint the wax to look like marble. So when artists finished sculpting their piece out of marble, they would sign it sincere and then their name. Meaning, this piece is without wax. There's nothing fake going on with it. So moms, to pass on a faith that is not fake to your children is the greatest call for you. But that means you are vulnerable with them. That means you don't hold yourself in higher regard because you want their praise. It means you confess your sin to them. And you apologize and you seek their forgiveness. And you say, mom was wrong. Just like dads need to repent. Moms, you need to repent too in order to build and grow that sincere faith so your children will soar in their lives by looking to Jesus. It was the greatest thing to live for. And you have strength for this, moms. Here's the might of your motherhood. It first shows up in empowering grace. Grace that shows up for the mundanely repetitive and ordinary. That's the life of mom. We're doing this again. It's disobedience again. Things not going right again. And it's in the... 16th load of laundry this week and folding it. The ordinary and the mundane, that is your mission field. You are doing a mighty work in between all the wiping and the weeping. You are doing a mighty work. Keep it up. Flee the performance trap. Don't, don't expect there to be an... Uh, don't have an un... Words are escaping me right now. <laughs> Don't reduce your motherhood to being about performance. Your performance or your kid's performance. Because that will, that tra the trap means it, it, it binds us up and we don't experience the love that God wants us to experience with one another. Flee the performance trap. You are empowered by the grace of God for the ordinary. Walk in it. It's a mighty work being done. Listen, 
If it's only God that sees you, it's enough. It should be enough. It's enough. But you, your might is also an enduring hope. And, and for moms of unbelieving children, you, God sees your hope. He, he hears your prayers. And, and for moms where kids aren't making the, the same decisions that you would have wanted them to make, and they're, when they're out on their own, they're just, you can see down the road and they're making life hard because of the decisions that they're making. That's the mom that has hope. And Lamentations 3 helps us remember that. By this, it's Jeremiah who wrote Lamentations, it's by this I call to mind. And therefore, I have hope. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Moms, your hope is not to be in your child being a superstar for Jesus. Your hope should be in Jesus. And as they see that reality, as they know mom loves God, you will love them toward the hope of all hope, which is Jesus himself. Let's pray. Father, again, we thank you for the gift of exhortation. We thank you for the gift of your love that prompts us to see you and want more of you, and live for you. God, I pray that our moms would be emboldened in grace. They would be comforted by the fact that you never take your eye off of them, even when it's hard. And your promise.